Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment, episode number 93 with our good friend, John Poluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. Uh, it was good visiting with you for a few minutes prior to recording today. Just nice to catch up. It is. It is. And, and the, to be able to discuss exciting things, you know, exciting plans and changes and, you know, everything that's alive is evolving. And it's just, it's just nice to know that Converge is not set in stone. You know, it's, it's a, the mission is set in stone and, but how we get there is completely up to the Lord, <laughs> you know, right. step, step by step. So episode 93, we're talking about stewarding the assignment uh, that God has given to you. Uh, boy, you, you have a unique perspective on this because not only are you stewarding the assignment he's given to you, you're helping all of us steward the assignment. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today. Well, Jim, you know, I, I think this is true about leadership that it, it possesses this uncanny ability uh, to keep us busy with work that isn't mission centric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you ever struggle with that? Oh, do I ever not struggle with that? I, I've actually hired people to relieve this from me and then manage them doing the job I gave them to do as if they weren't better at it than I was. Yeah. I, I believe we have a saying around the church. I said, listen, I'm not a control freak, but I'm a freak that needs a lot of control. And there's a, there's a huge difference. One, I have a problem. One, you have a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, thought it, yes. I thought it would be good to talk about it um, yeah. uh, today, you know, uh, and really get practical. I, I think yeah. if we do anything well, maybe that's it, that it's it's eminently practical what we talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Right on. Yeah. I want to hear that. And and so this subject today kind of issued, Jim, not just out of our work, but it, really out of my devotional life, uh, several weeks ago, I was reading through the books of first and second Timothy. Mm-hmm. And I w- I noticed that this theme of stewardship, uh, a stewardship of your calling, stewardship of your gifts uh, mm-hmm. is very like prevalent in those two books. It just, it just jumped out at me. Um, and here's, I'd like to read four of those scriptures real quick, if that's okay. And this is Paul talking to his son in the faith a young pastor uh, named Timothy. In in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, do not neglect your gift, uh, which was given given to you through a prophetic message with the body, when the body of elders laid hands on you. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And then 2 Timothy 1.14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And I love that last phrase, right? Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. That I, I don't have to do this by myself. I have the Holy Spirit helping me, steward. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, Jim, and I, I read those and it just, they kind of leaped out at me like, wow, there's this young guy a uh, young pastor and this old father in the faith is saying, Hey, Timothy, uh, take care of what God has given to you. What do you, what do you think about that thought, Jim, or this yeah. idea? <clears throat> yeah. That second Timothy, especially I, I sat in the, in Paul's prison cell where he wrote that from in Rome. 
And knowing that at the end of second Timothy, he's talking about, I've finished my, my race. I've fought. It's all past tense. And now there's in store for me. So Paul's really concluding. I, I think, I think it's an older man looking back saying, if I had to do over again, what would I tell my younger self? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. listen, there's only one thing that's really important. And that's what God has given to you at the end of life. If there's any regrets, it'll be about God and people because all that ever mattered in life was God and people it won't be about money. It won't be about vacation property. It won't be, you know, about not investing in Apple when it was $3 a share. You know, if you regret anything at the end of your life, it's, it's God and people and those, and all that goes around that. So I think he's saying to him, listen, I don't think he has regrets, but I think he's telling his younger self, the way to not have regrets is to remember what you're doing here and do that. Don't get diluted. Don't get polluted. Don't get distracted because if you do, you never, that's just wasted effort. That's just wasted time. I think what he's telling us on the faith is get off social media. No, I'm kidding. I, I think what he's saying is I like that. Like, don't, don't be entertained. You, you can refill your tank with a funny movie. You can, you know, it's good for your emotions to be entertained from time to time, but don't, don't live for entertainment and then go to work and do the least you have to do. Like the only thing that's going to matter at the end of my life you know, is this reward that's waiting for me now because I focused and I'm telling you do the same thing. Yeah. And, and I, and I do believe that it's very easy in pastoral ministry, especially to be busy um, mm. and not really do anything. Yeah, it, It's just an uncanny thing. You can fight fires for the rest of your life as a leader yeah. and really not accomplish what God has deposited in you that the call, the, the, mm-hmm. the uh, outcomes, you know, that he's looking yeah. for. So I'd like to talk real quick today about, yeah. uh, and I really would like this discussion to answer two questions. How do we do that? How does a leader steward his or her God-given assignments? And, and then the second question is, why should they care? Right, right. Um, so I, I've got three ideas here I'd like to get your thoughts on. Uh, here's the first one, understanding calling versus assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine uh, named Kurt explains it this way, and I heard him explain it, and it helped me so much. He said, to a large degree, our calling is fixed, but our assignments within that calling often change. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a personal ex- example. I feel like I've had a pastoral calling my entire life uh, f- from about age 17, and uh, the first expression of that was before I ever got to college was just working with kids in, in youth ministry, my peers who were trying to figure out how do you walk with God. And, and there was pastoral stuff happening, Jim, without me even knowing it was happening yeah. at age 17. Yeah. Went to school, got out of school. Uh, I was in pastoral ministry for 15 years in the church and, um, and then went into the corporate world. And I thought my pastoral ministry was over. Uh, lo and behold, I was I was shocked when I realized that God was bringing people who didn't know Jesus across my path every day who needed pastoring. Yeah. And so my assignment, my calling was still there, but the way it was being expressed was mm-hmm. different. And yeah. now we pastor pastors. Right. And so that calling has always been there, but the way it is expressed has changed. Mm. And I think sometimes we, we get that confused, right? Like we feel like, Hey, I've got this pastoral calling on my life. It always has to be expressed in one way. Right. And I think the Lord is saying, no, 
it will be expressed in many times, it will be expressed in multiple ways. What do you, what do you think about that first one? Yeah, I, I think again, pastoral ministry, you know, the word pastor and shepherd being somewhat synonymous that, that those who lead others to places where they're safe, where they're, you know, they're, they're given nutrition, there's the still waters, there's the green pastures, there's the, you know, that, that can be expressed. I, I, think, I think people discover what God has had in them since before they were born. You know, uh, our gifts and callings are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind about what he called us to be. We can change our mind with what we do with those. I think there's a lot of great car salesmen that were probably supposed to be evangelists. Uh, maybe, maybe a few bartenders, they're supposed to be pastors. You know, people just naturally tell them their problems and they yeah. naturally, I, I, people that are pastorally gifted, it's funny. They'll start answering a question, not even knowing where they're going. Like they have no idea how they're going to finish this sentence. But then they get there and it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a word of wisdom, but they're not even believers. You say, how, how do they have that? It's like, well, it's because God gives us what he gives us. It's up to us to do with it what we will. But I, I believe that. I believe that there are seasons that don't make sense until later seasons. And then you realize why you went through the right. prison, you know, why you went through being a shepherd for 40 years, why you went through being the youngest of you know, Jesse's sons that was overlooked, you know, and, and then having that heart then to, to see those that are overlooked. It's just God, God in time will make all things make sense if we'll right. if you trust him. But yeah, I, I do believe that, that I've seen people tremendously gifted that have no idea who they are. They just have no idea. You say, do you have any idea who you are? And they, they go, oh, I'm just the youngest son. I'm the murderer, you know, that ran away from Egypt. I'm that's like, you're really a lot more than that. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes, Jim, uh, leaders get, uh, they feel guilty or they feel yeah. like failure if the um, assignment shifts or the assignment changes. And, and so what I'm confusing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What I, what I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to communicate here, hopefully I'm doing a decent job with it, um, is that stewarding what God has given you doesn't mean you're always going to be in the same environment that stewardship can happen in a multiplicity of avenues and environments. And, and it's okay. I didn't realize that I could pastor people in the corporate world that they yeah. even needed pastoring until I was knee deep in it and realized, wow, I'm pastoring people. It doesn't matter where I go. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the first one. Here's the second thing I yeah. think we can do that to help steward what God's entrusted to, them, mm. to us, and that is to embrace Jesus' yoke yeah. instead of one that we impose on ourselves yeah. or one that people want to impose on us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite verses on this podcast, passages of scriptures, is in Matthew 11. We probably referenced it 50 times in 93 pods. Yeah. Is, uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And here's the, here's the piece of this verse. That's uh, right. that is really important for our talk today. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. And I, and I think of this, Jim, and I wonder what you think about it. Jesus yoke for us fits us perfectly. Yeah. The one that I self-impose doesn't. Right. And the one that people often want to impose on me. Especially doesn't doesn't yeah. um and i think it's unique right his yoke is unique in many ways for each of us the question is how do we figure out what that is right how do we 
tap into that. So what do you think about this second one? Yeah, I, I boy, expectations. Um, I'm going to a church as a consumer and the product called church better be what my family and I are looking for. I'll choose another restaurant. If that makes sense. If that is our pastoral view, I am here as the ringmaster of this circus or the star of this movie or the chef of this restaurant, you can end up in some pretty, you can use your gifts and you can please some people for a while, but in the end, it's just, everybody's disappointed. I think when we know who we are, we lead better. We, mm-hmm. we lead confidently. <clears throat> when, I, when I know that I'm in my sweet spot, that my passion, my pain, my proficiency are all being expressed perfectly in this moment, whether I'm in the corporate world or in the church world or in any leadership role, just everything's firing, everything fits. And people say, you know what we should do? And, and you, you know, and they just, well, we should turn right, right here. Like we're, we're supposed to go straight. I know where we're going. It's funny. They don't get offended when you know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, you let them lead for a little while. And then you got people going that, you know, both directions, you got slow right. down, speed up. And now the whole things, and you kind of go, I'm not a good leader. <clears throat> I, I think, I think recognizing the grace on your life, the gifts on your life and the season you're in, if yeah. you get those three things, right. What has God given me the supernatural? You know, what, what are the natural gifts that he's given me to be expressed? And in what season am I in to express those? Well, that's a good day, but you yeah. and I both know that day can change tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Like I had all the answers and then God gave me a son. Oh, I had nothing but questions. And my parents became brilliant all of yeah. a sudden, you know, and now that the empty nest and I have grandkids and, you know, senior pastoring and the ups and downs and ins and outs of that, it's right. I don't know the answers it seems for very long. So we're completely dependent on the Lord to tell us what season we're in and yeah. what's in the tackle box to catch so, fish. And so you mentioned something really important. I think, you know, how, how does a leader tap into Jesus yoke? You know, how do I embrace that mm-hmm. and not my own or not somebody else's? And I think one of the things you said is so important is uh, becoming aware of that yeah. intersection yeah. of our passion, our pain, our proficiency. And uh, Jim, you're an expert on that subject. Um, mm-hmm. And we have had that conversation together. We've had that conversation now with several churches who were helping yeah. uh, to rebuild their volunteer teams. And, and knowing that, really tapping into that allows me to embrace that yoke that Jesus has given me. And, it, and I'm actually stewarding. Yeah and managing what he's given to me. Here's a couple of other thoughts around how you tap into that or some ideas is, is, um, is that understanding if, if I'm laboring under Jesus yoke, I'm going to have time for alone moments with him. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, energy to work on my walk with him. And if I don't have that space, I'm probably shouldering a different yoke. Yeah. Um, I think his yoke makes room for rest, yeah. for refueling. And when we don't have any time for a day off, we don't have any time for pursuits that feed and nurture the emotional part of our lives, the relational part of our lives. I think we've taken on a yoke yeah. uh, that doesn't belong to us. Yeah. And, uh, and so this second part of, of stewarding what God has given to us is critical. I think it's critical is Lord, help me to fit into the yoke for me. Cause when I do that, he says, my yoke is easy. Right. And many, many times, Jim, I felt like it was anything, but (laughs) right. Right. 
And I wonder how often when I felt that way, was I taking on the yoke of my congregation's expectations? Was I taking on the yoke of self-imposed? Boy, in, in this last year, right? The expectations of people to be on their side of whatever the issues were, they were very passionate. Uh, it was an impossible task to, to be right. <laughs> and, and even if you were absolutely right, people you love and respect believe you're absolutely wrong for taking that stand, whatever that stand happened to be, just at such a weird time. And I, I think that knowing that I'm not to carry the yokes of men, I'm to carry Jesus's yoke and that yoke, you know, what's in the yoke? Well, it's, it's uh, love God, love people, you know, uh, it, it's, you have a purpose. It's, you know, there's a season to speak. There's a season to be quiet. There's a, you know, whatever that is, you're a husband or a father or a grandfather, those, we know those assignments. Those are, those are our assignments. And I think if we take care of first things first, then the fruit of that, if I said nothing for the last year during all this controversy, but continue to love my wife, love my God, love my children, love my grandchildren, I may be farther ahead actually than having entertained, taken sides, tried to brought peace, uh, bring peace in yeah. the circumstances. I, I, I'm not saying we should have been silent for the last year at all, but I'm saying that that there's just do the main things. And, mm -hmm. and, and when you run out of time, those things aren't the main things anymore. Right. And you need that rest. Yeah. And so this third piece of tapping into how do we steward this thing? How do we, how do we steward what God has entrusted to us is I think it's closely aligned with this, with the second one. Yeah. And that is this resisting the temptation to compare our assignment with somebody else's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, leaders never do that, right, Jim? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I, uh, I remember probably about four years ago, I was in prayer one morning and I was whining in prayer uh, to the Lord. And I don't know why I was so upset about this four years ago, but I remember telling the Lord, um, you know, Lord, I Converge Coaching will never reach the heights and the influence of John Maxwell. I, for some reason, I was thinking about John Maxwell this, that morning. And, um, and you know, I, I had one of those moments where God just shot back instantly in my heart and said, I didn't call you to be John Maxwell. Yeah. I called you to be you. John Maxwell is going to reach people you're never going to reach. Yeah. You're going to reach people John Maxwell will <laughs> never reach. Yeah. And I need both of you right. to get my purposes accomplished. And yeah. that, Jim, that just settled that issue for me. That I don't have to, I don't have to worry about being accountable for somebody else's assignment. Mm -hmm. You know, when I get to the, the judgment seat, Jesus isn't going to hold me accountable for what John Maxwell did. Nope. He's going to hold me accountable for what John Opelouski did and and I think that so often the, the celebrity right of many leaders and and uh, I've I've had pastors tell me uh, I've had I've had associate pastors tell me my my pastor wants to be Stephen Furtick you know he wants to and I said well he's not Stephen Furtick <laughs> you know so uh, but it creates yeah. it's created a lot of tension on the staff it's created a lot of problems resist can I if we could say anything to you today just resist that temptation to compare your assignment with somebody else's assignment yeah yeah I, I, I say too if, if your community needed Stephen Furtick God would have sent Stephen Furtick to your community That's right 
but he, he didn't. He sent you. You must have something that Stephen doesn't. You must, yep. there must be something in you or about you or a gift that, you know, a grace that God's put on your life. I mean, he sent you to the city, to the area right. that you're in because you're supposed to be there. I, I wonder, I, I had this question asked, who do you think the most successful, like in heaven, there's a reward. The reward is based on things we did and didn't do. You think, you know, who gets the record? Who gets the Academy Award? Is it, is it Mother Teresa? Is it Mark Montaigne? Is it, you know, and, and the person shot back, he said, I think the person that gets that, re- that award, that reward, nobody's ever heard of. Mm. I, I think it's somebody that trusted and trusted and trusted and just a friend of God. And nobody ever wrote a book about them. Nobody ever, they never taught at a seminar. They never, they, they just did what God told them to do. And you're kind of like a Barnabas, right? There's yeah. no book of Barnabas. We get no recorded words other than a, an argument that he had. And they're not specific about the argument, but right. it wasn't for him. The apostle Paul is, you know, is highly suspect without him. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark, who writes the gospel of Mark, presumably never, never does that. Um, yeah. You know, so three quarters of the words of the New Testament go back to a person that nobody knows anything about. And I, I wonder if it isn't that sort of person who just lived within their assignment. He was the son of encouragement. Yeah, he, he went after those that were unpopular for one reason or another and restored them or elevated them. And, and uh, his fruit grew on other people's trees. And, yeah. and I wonder if that's not, I wonder, you know, I wonder if that's yeah. who's the most successful Christian ever. I, I, it may very well be somebody we've never heard of. And certainly, that. certainly doesn't look as good in a t-shirt as Furtick. That's what I'm saying. I, I, <laughs> I walk in, my wife's listening to Furtick. I'm like, can you, can you get, not watch him on video? Could you just listen to his words? <laughs> And then the next day I walked in, she was listening to Andy Stanley. I'm like, okay, I can take, I can take Andy. I can take him at a, you know, in a fist fight. So I, I feel better about listening to Andy Stanley. <laughs> so, so we're, we're past time, Jim, um, okay. real quick. Yeah. You know, if uh, I want to answer this question real quick, and then we're going to yeah. we'll talk a little bit about pod 94. Um, why does this whole topic matter? Mm. You know, why should a leader care about this? Well, let me, let me just share this real quick. Because yeah. the people that we lead will benefit greatly when we fan into flame the gift or gifts God has given to us. Yeah. And they are uh, the people we lead desperately need us to be good stewards. Yes. Of what God's entrusted to us. So the benefit to the people we lead is incalculable. It is just an amazing impact on them. And then secondly, a day of reckoning looms. Right. right? And I forget that sometimes, you know, that. Uh, Jesus is not going to hold you accountable for things he hasn't assigned to you, mm-hmm. but he will hold you accountable yeah. for the things he has assigned to you. You and I, Jim, are going to have to give an account. Yeah. And so figuring out how to steward what God has entrusted to us, what he gives to us uh, along the way, it really, truly matters. And it matters not just in this life. Apparently it matters in eternity as well. Yeah. I want to die in peace like Paul, you know, who was imprisoned and beaten and executed for his faith. But just there was this beautiful, I have fought the good fight. You yeah. Know, I have run a good race. I, I have kept the faith. Right. And that's just not just the, the gospel message, but that which was entrusted to him, he stewarded well. And I love that at the end of his life, he goes, I can't wait. You know, the Romans like, we're going to kill you. It's like, thank you. I need the rest. I, I could really, can we do it Tuesday? Because Wednesday doesn't work for me. You know, he, you couldn't threaten him with heaven because he was serving his master well and knew who he was. And 
Yeah, that's that's a good way to live and that's a great way to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, for your wisdom on this. And, I, and could you give us a little taste about uh, Pod 94? Yeah, Jim, uh, the title of Pod 94 is going to be The Art of Pivoting. And I'm not talking about <laughs> basketball. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Um, pivoting from work <laughs> to our home life, to oh, our personal yeah. life. And, yeah. and one of the key contributors to the lack of health among certain pastors is that exactly that yeah. inability to pivot from their professional life to their personal life. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So I, I hope, hope those of you that are listening and watching, you, you heard that because one of the things that makes us successful long-term is the relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our yeah. parenting. And I think this is a huge key to, to really being fruitful long-term. So John, thank you so much. We look forward next week to pod number 94. And uh, for those who are listening, uh, God bless you. As always, you know how to reach out to us. We say it at the end of every podcast, just go to the website and uh, convergecoach.com. And right there, let's start a conversation. How can we help you? How can we serve you? What can we do to help you uh, lead in a more efficient, a more enjoyable, a longer sense of leadership? So God bless you, our dear listeners. And we'll see you again next week as we continue to lead from the line. Oh, 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 o